Guess was fraught with anxiety when she had her son. So much so that the severity of her stress landed her in hospital for six weeks. One in seven women are affected by postnatal depression, many others with postnatal anxiety. Welcome to the show to talk about her own experiences, Kat DeLuca. How are you, Kat? Well, hi, Ed. I'm good, thank you. How are you going? Uh, I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I know it's been a few yeah. weeks in the making because uh, here we had lockdown and so we had to postpone and uh, it was, it's just been a crazy time here in South Australia. My goodness. Well, all around <laughs> Australia. <laughs> yeah. So, Kat, um, can you tell me what was about the first time, like before the pregnancy and the stress, how were you feeling? Uh, well, before I was pregnant, um, I was experiencing some anxiety because I um, work as a physio normally and I was um, planning to have a baby, I suppose, and um, I wasn't yet on a permanent um, didn't have a permanent position yet in my role. So I was experiencing some anxiety around job security mm. leading into everything. Um, but it was anxiety was something that sort of I experienced every now and then. It certainly didn't, it wasn't a daily occurrence. It was something that just happened occasionally when life stresses sort of happened. So, mm. um, but then. Actually, I seemed to fall pregnant and get the permanent position at the same time. Like I didn't, um, I think I found out I was pregnant probably a couple of weeks after I actually secured a permanent position. So that was good timing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just continuing to work and then uh, it was around 20 weeks into my pregnancy where I started to get severe rib pain. Uh, so on my right side, I was just in, um, gradually it got so bad that I could, couldn't could stand for more than 30 minutes without being in severe pain, which when you're a physio, it's really difficult because it's a very physical job and mm -hmm. you have to be um, treating other people for their pain and not ideally not being in pain yourself. Um, so it was really early in my pregnancy that I actually started to get this pain and I suppose that then started to add some stress to my life because it was painful and tiring and, you know, work was becoming more and more challenging. And so all these things start to um, lead into your, my, my stress levels. Mm. Um, and then actually around week, uh, what was it, 30, I started to get dizzy and um, I noticed one day that I wasn't walking straight, um, which was really bizarre. And then that, I, I went and checked my blood pressure and it was extremely high. And so I went to the doctor and um, I had a condition called preeclampsia. I'm not sure if you've heard yeah, of it. Yeah, I have heard of it, yeah. Yeah, so um, they admitted me um, because it was bad enough that I needed to go on to blood pressure medication and they wanted to monitor the baby and everything like that. So now on top of my rib pain, I also have um, preeclampsia and um, blood pressure medication actually makes you feel really horrible. Yeah. Um, I've never been on it before, but you just feel rotten while you're on it. Uh, so all of these things combined uh, added to 
um, stress during my pregnancy, let alone everything I experienced afterwards. Mm. It's funny that you mentioned about pain actually worsening the condition as such and bringing more anxiety on. Um, I found that even with myself, I mean, I've never been pregnant, but um, what what was happening even through COVID when we were, were actually locked down, I thought I was coping really well with it. Um, I was keeping myself really busy and doing lots of things throughout the day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then funny enough, uh, because I, I normally wear glasses, I was noticing that one of my nostrils, I just felt like I couldn't breathe out of it properly. And it got to the point where I started focusing on that so much that I actually started having anxiety attacks and I've never had anxiety attacks. And these were full on ones. Like there were two days in a row where I literally couldn't sit down. I was pacing my house and because I couldn't go outside, I ended up having to say to my husband, like, I need to go and walk. Like, and I just walked for probably two hours because I just, I found that if I stopped walking, I started to think about it again. So it was, it was absolutely horrible. And I mean, yeah. since then I'm still getting the anxiety nowhere near as bad as it was. Um, I think that I've always probably had it, but just didn't realize that's what it was. Um, but yeah. I definitely know how something like small or not even small, but something like that can actually then accept you know, just bring on the, the symptoms of the anxiety and it's just a steamroll basically. Oh yeah, Definitely. I think, um, well, if, you, if you're struggling to breathe, like in your case, like that's going to, no wonder, like that's going to make it definitely um, increase your anxiety levels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyone, is it? So, but then you add on the top of being stuck at home and not allowed to go out and all this COVID stuff that, um, yeah, not it's a crazy. good situation not, to be in. Not a good combination at all. I found yeah. the um, rib pain for me. Um, yeah, I suppose I, I became fixated on it. Uh, I mean, I couldn't really get it out of my head because it was so sore. Mm. And being a physio, uh, I understand what could be happening with my ribs and I was trying all these different stretches and uh, things to try and help alleviate it. I also went and paid so much money to so many other professionals. I saw chiropractors, I saw an osteopath, I got um, acupuncture. I was trying everything I could to get this pain to go away. Um, and yet the only thing that actually made it go away was um, once he was born. <laughs> oh, is that, that's incredible, isn't it? It was, yeah. Um, so from week 20, so, and I, he was born at 36 and a half weeks. So it was like, yeah, 16 weeks of mm. this awful, unrelenting pain, um, which I'd never experienced before. I'd never had any injuries there. So yeah, the fact I had to go on maternity leave from work early around week 30, um, because I just couldn't function at my job. So then that at, for me, because I tend to overthink things, I start then thinking about, okay, well, my maternity leave has started early, so it's going to finish early, you know, then you start worried, worrying about finances yeah. and everything. Just everything. Yeah. Yeah. So when did the stress start to really overwhelm you? So after my, well, I had preeclampsia and um, they refused to take 
him out to do an emergency C-section because it wasn't bad enough, um, despite I was in agony and feeling awful. And then gradually, um, I stayed in hospital for over a week for that. And then I went home for a couple of nights and then I went into labor. So I had him early. Thank goodness he wanted to get out. So <laughs> um, then I went and he was born um, via a C-section. And then he required some care in the nursery, in the hospital for a few days, which was fine. And we didn't really notice any sleeping issues with him at that stage because he's so new and you just expect that they're not sleeping, I suppose. Um, but then once we brought him home and gradually as the days and the weeks started to go on, we realised that he would just scream for hours mm. and hours and hours. So sometimes he would scream from like 8pm to 1am. Mm. Surely that's not normal. I hadn't, I've never had a baby before, so... Um, you hear that they're obviously awake and upset a lot of the time, but for that many hours in a row, it just seemed um, like something was wrong. So that's when my stress levels just went through the roof. So uh, we were um, also, also trying to breastfeed as well and he wasn't really latching. So then I had added um, anxiety around our troubles with breastfeeding and mm. as a new mother you hear that breastfeeding is best and um, so you're wanting to do that but he's just not latching and um, so then we had to put him on formula and so I started to question is it the formula that's causing him to be so upset you hear about formulas causing them to have upset tummies so is it giving him extra gas is that causing the pain so um i took him to the gp and the gp uh who's not my regular gp just said he had colic so just the okay. general upset and that he'll grow out of it it's fine baby scream and in my head i'm thinking but this can't be right he's just screaming for hours and hours and i suppose mother's instincts you just think I knew something else was wrong, mm. yet every health professional I was seeing wasn't um, validating what I was saying. And so I started to have daily panic attacks. My anxiety was, yeah, just through the roof. I wasn't sleeping, obviously, because yeah, my the baby... Lack of was, sleep is the worst. Yeah, sleep deprivation is awful. Yeah. Um, throw on top of a screaming baby that you can't seem to settle and then you just keep talking to other people who've got babies and they say no my baby's sleeping and so then you think oh my goodness what am i doing wrong um so there's so many things that start feeding into your thought process about what's happening and and that's actually one of the symptoms of postnatal anxiety is this obsessive compulsive behavior you right. start over analyzing everything and you start being fixated on what is wrong and what can i do and i was trying every colic relief drop and ointment and remedy and under the sun and different formulas and everything to try and get my baby fixed and all of this is just building my anxiety so um i actually ended up speaking to a friend who their partner had been in this private mental health hospital here in Brisbane and for a similar situation. 
and they had got treatment for themselves plus also their baby was put on to some treatment as well and as soon as I heard that I thought this is my fix this is my miracle thing that's going to help me and I was very lucky that I had the private health cover and I had already seen the psychiatrist that can admit to that hospital because I saw her during my pregnancy for the anxiety because I needed to be medicated for it and we wanted to make sure that the medications were safe for a pregnant person. Yeah. I had already, I was already on her books. So I literally called her up and I said, I'm coming in. <laughs> I've got to I am coming in. And they have this mother-baby uh, unit there in the mental health hospital. So it's a 10-bed unit specifically for women with babies, so going through perinatal mental health issues. And I was very lucky that they had a bed. So I was admitted the next day. Mm. Uh, and it's amazing we- that they've got that service. It's amazing. But then there's only 10 beds and this is the only facility in all of Queensland. And a lot of the women that were there were also from northern New South Wales. So I'm not sure exactly where a similar facility is in New South Wales. I'm sure there's one in Melbourne. But again, the beds are limited. You think 10 beds and and women are travelling down from Cairns to come to this place. And you can imagine how many women actually have to deal with this. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like, it's so common. Like you said earlier, one in seven women experience this. And I think it's as much as one in five. Um, So I, within half an hour of me being there, and obviously my son was, so he was six weeks at this stage, so six weeks old. And he was obviously screaming when we arrived because he was always screaming. And within half an hour, the nurse said, he has silent reflux. He needs to be on medication. And I was like, what what is silent reflux <laughs> um and so they explained that that's where they have reflux like the vomiting but they're not actually physically vomiting so it's coming up the esophagus, going back down so it's burning the esophagus they're still getting all that pain but you just can't physically see the vomit no. uh, which is why it can be missed i suppose um so i felt validated like immediately even being just being there and them saying that Mm. so that was massive in helping my mental health because it was like okay well you're not crazy you're not doing something wrong he's sick and he needs to be on medication um so they the nurses at this facility they look after all the babies at night as well which is huge so you go to bed at 8 p.m they take the babies off all the women there and also all the women get to sleep through the night, which for me that was... Oh, it would be so huge. Because I wasn't sleeping and I don't sleep well at the best of times, let alone with baby. Mm. So um, so that was huge. And then you see your psychiatrist while you're there. So I kept getting um, my medications looked at and monitored from them. And then I underwent cognitive behavioural therapy, which is um, like a counselling sort of from a psychologist as well. Done in a group with the other women. Uh, You go a couple of times a week and um, plus other little sporadic sessions throughout the week as well. But you have 
two half days where you go and you just do all this therapy together and you all share your own experiences, which is, which I really enjoyed. I didn't know whether I would want to share and you're not forced to share anything. You say what you're comfortable with saying, but you just realize, Oh my goodness, all these other women are going through this exact same thing. We're experiencing the exact same feelings. Everybody's situation is slightly different, but like you're not alone. And that for me helped my healing. That helped me overcome a lot of my anxiety because I think I was just putting so much pressure on myself yeah. to be the best mother. I think a lot of us women do that, put a lot of pressure on ourselves that we've got to be able to handle it and just be amazing and do everything that we can and still have the house be completely clean and be showered and still yeah. have time to exercise and see your friends like if you like your beauty products to stand out look a little different and smell amazing then i'm pretty sure you should check out sugar monster brand new and completely adelaide based sugar monster scrubs are natural body products with a quirky style to them you'll have to see to know why all completely handmade vegan and cruelty free with skin loving ingredients that your body will love plus they smell good enough to eat but don't actually do that check out the range at sugarmonster.com.au and support local business i actually i I seriously i commend mothers so much because i had never ever even thought about the issues of it until i got a dog yeah funny enough having a dog from a, a puppy and having to get up every two hours to take it to the toilet that you know the like i was not sleeping the you know the, the the demands of food and and everything else and of course they can't talk so they can't tell you what they want i was seriously i was beside myself for the first few months because yeah. i hadn't slept i reckon a whole night in two and a half three months and i started to really think to myself how do people do this with yeah. uh, with a human like at least with a dog you know, it's pretty easy to know when a dog's sick or, you know, because they, they do sort of show, you know, they, they're lethargic or they start vomiting yeah. or they're, you know, whatever. Where at least with a dog, I can put it into another room and close the door. Yeah. Where with a baby, you can't really do that. Um, so I, I was sitting there just going, I don't know how women do this. I don't know how they do it. I know. I To be honest, well, I don't know how... Some women have so many babies. And have so many I. I always wanted to have like two or three. And now I'm like, no, I think it's just got to be two. I do want to have another one because I'm an only child and I'm against him being an only child. Mm. Um, I didn't have a, the best time. So, but I don't know how some women have like five plus children still. <laughs> I just Well, my mum had five and her mother had 12. Goodness, Could you imagine having twelve children? Oh. Then by the time you got having the last one, like the oldest one is helping look after. Well, it's very true. I mean, they sort of all look after each other once you have, you know, a certain amount. I think. Yeah. <laughs> now you also started a clothing label. What compelled you to do this? God, why? Just because I love anxiety and I just love throwing more tough. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I lo- I really enjoy graphic design and um, while I was still working as a physio, I was dabbling in actually designing 
wedding um, invitations and things because I did that for my own wedding and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then I realized wedding invitations are actually really hard to sell. <laughs> um, so I decided to take the same skill set to clothing because people buy clothing a lot more regularly than what they buy yeah. wedding invitations. Um, and having, so I started this all after going through this experience with my son. When I was discharged from hospital, it was still very challenging and he still wasn't um, cured of his reflux for a few more months. So it was still a lot of sleep deprivation. But in January this year, so my son was about four or five months old by then, um, I was feeling really good. We were sleeping better. Uh, and having met all the women in the hospital going through the same stuff, I sort of thought I'd really like to do something positive and particularly with clothing and with my designs. So all my designs are positive statements such as be kind and positive vibes. You've got this strong mama. Uh, I just wanted to come up with designs that empower women with mm. positive messaging. Um, to try and do a bit of a positive clothing movement because um, the psychology behind what you wear uh, is really interesting. It can really affect your mood. So, for example, if you were to wear formal clothes, you're probably going to feel maybe a bit more um, mature or confident um, or like you have more authority, whereas um, when you're, say, in gym clothes, you're probably in that mindset of being active um, or just relaxing at home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you're wearing positive um, slogans and bright colours, it can actually improve your mood. Mm. So uh, I really wanted to try and help other women out there. Definitely women experiencing perinatal mental health issues, but just women in general and children. I, I don't quite have much of a men's range yet, but it's in the works. But just promoting some positive mental health. So the you could maybe tailor it to the single dads. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Look, there's so many avenues for clothing, isn't there? Yeah, there are. Uh, and the parents of dogs, there's definitely a lot oh, yeah. of Oh, you would you would make a killing with that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I sat down and I created some designs and um, started doing some drop shipping. So where I don't need to really have any stock. I just, um, when there's orders, I can send it out. Um, it's done really well. So the brand's called DeLuca Apparel. So um, my last name's DeLuca. And um, it's done so well that now I'm starting to hold a bit more stock and I've taken the design pressing in-house so I cut all the vinyl and press it on myself um, so this has allowed me to get stuff out really quickly for customers mm. which I really like having things done promptly and the feedback has been fantastic so um, so cool yeah a lot of women have said you know obviously that's what we need particularly in times of COVID having you know positive energy and um, you know, promoting good mental health is really important because people have been isolated. So it's, mental health has probably struggled even more lately. Yeah. Um, I mean, I must say that I'm not one to wear anything on my shirts like normally, but I always read other people's shirts. 
Now, I also know that the sale of your, your clothing line actually helps to support Panda. Can you tell yeah. us more about them? Yeah, so Panda is Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia. So they're a charity, the national charity here in Australia to support women and families going through mental perinatal mental health issues so it's important to realize that men actually can suffer with this too mm. uh, it's not just women and my husband actually did experience a little bit of depression after i went through all my anxiety i think because well in our case i was like breaking down and he was sort of needing to hold everything together for us yeah and then i was like recovering sort of reality hit him and um so and I suppose with that too, they're also getting the lack of sleep too. It's not just oh, you know, yeah. the mothers. They're also being affected by the lack of sleep and also having to, you know, sort of almost give extra support to the mother. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Massively. So uh, they, this charity Panda, they have a hotline where it's sort of like Lifeline, you know, people can call up, um, but it's specifically for people with perinatal mental health issues. Mm. So um, they can get counselling on the phone um, when they're going through a crisis and then they will get advice on where to go to next in their community to seek help. Um, and with my clothing, I um, donate a dollar from every sale to Panda um, because I want them to help increase their awareness as well as increase their hotline hours so their hotline is not 24 7 yet um it's only monday oh, i'm gonna say monday to friday i don't know if they have saturday i should know this i think but it's monday to friday 9 till 7 30 p.m exactly so it's not it's not late at night which which most people are going to need it at those times my experience yeah you need it like late at night that's yeah. when Things are breaking um, down. <laughs> yeah, hitting the fan and it is not working. So I would love for them to be able to be a twenty four seven service. I think that's really important. Yeah. And you think the government would like to support that? Oh yeah, I would definitely. It's so important. And even um, the more that we get awareness around perinatal mental health issues, the more we will be able to increase facilities like the hospital that I yeah. went to. So increase the number of beds that are available for women. Someone should really be out there sort of not only spruiking this to the government and getting them to put their bid in, but also all of those companies that target women and children and babies, like mm. all those products out there that are making millions and millions of dollars from babies and mothers, you think that they would also yeah. want to put a bit of support in too. There's no reason yeah. why that line shouldn't be 24 hours right now. Yeah, I know, exactly. So there's definitely, um, I know that I'm not alone in supporting Panda. There's definitely a lot of other small businesses out there that are supporting them. Um, but when I talk to people, um, so for example, I take my clothing to the markets occasionally. And so I tell all my customers there about Panda and um, I would say majority of people haven't heard of them before. Yeah, I hadn't heard. Mm, they're not... Um, on TV or mm. they are on social media, but um, their presence isn't um, as consistent as some other um, areas. So, well, I'm hopefully, sure. hopefully, women that are listening to this might, or you know, mothers or expectant mothers or anything like that, if they can go and maybe give them a like and show their own support, share it themselves. Definitely, yeah. I have um, 
like I have a little pamphlet from Panda that I hand out with all my um, uh, products that I send to people. So they have little information packs online. Their website's really um, helpful. So I suggest people go and check them out. It's panda.org.au. Panda.org.au. Fantastic. So is there any um, advice that you would like to offer either sufferers or people around them that could maybe either guide them or give them an idea of what to look out for? Yeah. So for signs and symptoms, I think it's um, people who, well, are talking about their sleep deprivation. That's for sure. You know, people who are extremely fatigued. Um, But people, if, if people are seeming to become a little bit more obsessive about things, so if they're uh, telling you that they've tried five different formulas and they're going and getting all these different colic relief things and, you know, trying different um, tools and whatever to help with their baby, uh, that's definitely a sign of anxiety for sure. Mm. Um, But if people are seeming to pull away, like if they were talking to you more previously but now you've barely heard from them. Obviously, they're going to be busy with a baby, but people with anxiety and depression do tend to pull away and isolate themselves. Uh, So it's always really important to reach out. And I think the important things to um, offer for these people are just to come and help them with something. So you don't necessarily need to go into big detail talking about it with them, but just say, what can I do to help? Yeah. Can I take the baby for an hour so you can have a shower? Can I do your can washing? I, yeah, yeah. Can I bring you a coffee? You know, or I think if you can stay for a few hours and let them have a nap. Like, yeah. I know that was a lifesaver when my parents could come over and take him while so that I could actually have a sleep because that was just massive. So I think offering help you don't you don't have to be the psychologist and offer the advice and you know sit there and talk about it maybe if they want to sure but just coming giving them a hand with life pick up their shop for them or something yeah definitely now kat where can people find out more about you and the clothing line okay so my website is delucaapparel.com.au and um, I'm on Instagram at Deluca Apparel and on Facebook as well. Um, so all of my details are on my website and a bit more about my story and all my clothing can be found through those. Fantastic. And Deluca is D-E-L-U-C-A. Yes. Kat, right. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. I think it's a really important subject, especially at these days and, uh, you know, these times in life where even more so now that we have, we've been having these lockdowns and stuff like that, which, which can make the issues and problems even worse. And also for putting a focus on those support services like Panda, which really need extra support. And so if you are a mother or an expected mother or just somebody that cares about the people that are going through these issues, then definitely jump on, give them a like, share their page. And hopefully with that, the support will actually come back to them. And that might come in even financial nature through the government or other businesses that would like to support them. I think it's brilliant. Thank you, Ed. My pleasure. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Ed's talk. It's like Oprah, but not.